0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host, Dr. Shadi Manucheri, and today's episode is with the wonderful Rachel Jackson, who is a dental nurse by background, and Rachel opened up her dental clinic in 2018. And in this episode, we talk about some of the challenges that she has experienced, which are unique to her as a dental nurse who is a practice principal. Excited to announce that this episode is very kindly sponsored by Enlighten. You may have seen me rave about them on my social media channels. I get so many questions about teeth whitening, which brand I recommend, and how I personally whiten my teeth, and the answer to all those questions is Enlighten. What's really special about Enlighten is that they guarantee a B1 shade. For those of you that don't know, B1 is the brightest natural shade of teeth that we have, and the great thing is that there are no dietary or lifestyle changes with Enlighten, so you can continue to drink your coffee and still lighten your teeth which was the biggest selling point for me personally for more information about enlighten please check out my social media and now without further ado let's get into the episode hi rachel thank you so much for joining me today how are you i'm
1: good thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure could you tell us a little bit about yourself
0: what you do and how you got here please
1: yeah, of course. Um, so I started off as a dental nurse um, when I was 17, and I progressed my career into kind of management and treatment coordination, and then I opened my own practice um, about four years ago now. Wow,
0: well, you you make it sound quite straightforward and simple, <laughs> but of course we know that there's a lot of ups and downs and a, a lot of challenges along that path. Now, it's the reason why I really, really wanted to have you on the podcast is that it's not a It's not something we see a lot of dental practices um, owned by dental nurses. I think it's an incredible thing and it's really, really admirable. And I really wanted to know how you sort of went about that and what made you go from uh, being a dental nurse to then treatment coordinator and then thinking, actually, I can I can have my own clinic and I can manage it by myself.
1: Yeah so I think um, initially when I started off in dentistry I never thought that would be a career for me like at the time it was just a job and then I really started to enjoy it and I did come to a bit of a crossroad where I thought I'm either going to go down the hygiene therapy route and go that way or I'm going to progress into management and go that way which is, is how it ended up and then The treatment coordinator wasn't really such a role when I first started in dentistry. And it was maybe about 12 years ago now that I started to get into that. And I loved it because I loved the way that you did things with the patient and that you were kind of somebody that they could speak to and build relationships with them. So I really enjoyed that side of it. And then I did a couple of roles where I did management and treatment coordination and a lot of my time was spent dealing with complaints um whether that was from a patient or like a team issue um and it was quite draining and I just thought there's got to be a bet- better way of doing this and I used to just think oh if only this this and this hadn't happened then it wouldn't have got to this stage it could have been identified sooner and it could have been addressed um much in a, in, in a different way um that had a better Outcome for everybody, and that's when I used to just start thinking like, why? Why could I not just do it on my own? Because for me, I think if you're going to set up a business or start a business, then you need to be providing a solution for somebody, or trying to be doing something that hasn't been done before. And I'm certainly not saying that people don't do it and it hasn't been done before. But for me, I just thought I need to be able to do it a better way that then makes my job more enjoyable, and then ultimately mm-hmm. that there's a better outcome for the patient. So that was my main kind of driver um and then in addition to that I worked really closely with all of my clinicians that were my employers and I would see the other side of it where dentistry is a really lonely world for a clinician I think that you carry a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on your shoulders and a lot of the decisions you don't really have any input so it's kind of your you have the final say in everything and then you carry the weight of that and you have the stress of that plus running a practice and I just thought surely you should just be able to come in and focus on your clinical side and do that job and do that really well to the best of your ability and go home and not have to worry about all of the other pieces that go into running a business and all the kind of nuts and bolts because yes you can get a manager and yes you can have a great manager but ultimately they kind of a lot of them kind of take their bag and go home at the end of the day and switch off and the book kind of stops with you and um, so i wanted to be able to take a lot of that pressure away for the clinicians as well um, so that was another driver for me um, i think there's a lot of fear now of if things aren't done the right way then there's kind of litigation um, and things like that and patients complaining i think the environment's completely different Um, And I think that when the pressure is there and it's obvious, it affects the whole relationship between the patient and the dentist.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. All very, very valid points. So how did you go from okay? so talk me through your own management and you're like, actually, I can do this myself. Did you go about did you know how did you know did you have any background in business? Did you know how to go about looking for a practice or what to look for? Did you buy an existing
1: practice or did you set up on your own? No, so I didn't, I don't have any kind of background in business, like my family aren't in business or anything. Um, I just did a lot of my own kind of research into it and spoke to um, a close friend. I had a couple of conversations with people that were in the industry that kind of buy and sell practices, people that help dentists set up practices. Um, So I'm fortunate enough to have like those kind of people around me. Um, and then I would have struggled to kind of raise capital with me being a nurse and um, said so the banks don't lend to you in the same way that they do to a dentist. So I was mm. like, OK, well, that's not going to be the be all and end all and, and stop everything for me. Um, so I went along the lines of um, an investor. So I had a couple of conversations and actually have three different business plans. And three different discussions prior to having this practice um, and they were all with dentists but something or other along the way which with each one just didn't sit right for me and um, so i didn't proceed with those so actually the investor that i set this practice up with is non-dental is a completely silent partner and has nothing to do with anything the day-to-day running of the business at all which i think works better for me because that means that i can do everything the way that I'd intended to do it. My fear with doing it with a dentist from the beginning is that they would always just say, oh, it's my practice and she's just my manager. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I would have never felt like I got the true recognition of actually, do you know what, she did it herself and she did it from scratch and she did it this way and it's worked. Um so I just thought I'd always be kind of in the shadows a little bit, which wasn't why, not really why I wanted to do it. But I just didn't want to not be recognised for what I'd achieved as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So you went about
1: looking for an existing practice and you took over? Um, no. So with the practice that I had, it was um, I was actually tipped off by somebody that I know. So initially I was looking at um, just letting a unit that was inside a private hospital. Um, And that would have been a a complete squat from scratch. It was a shop front um, as such. And then I got tipped off by a friend that the practice, which around the corner from my house, um, the lady had fled the country and left all of her patients um, without a dentist. And that the site was basically kind of set up. And do you want to take that and, and go in? But without the patient list? So it kind of had the makings of a sur- like the surgeries in there and everything, um, but it had to be completely gutted. It wasn't the way that I wanted it to be, um, but there was no list. So it wasn't a sale of a practice as such. Um, I just took over the building um, so completely gutted it and did um, a refurb and then started with zero patient on the books um, as a complete private squat.
0: As scary as that sounds, I feel like that's the dream for it to be completely your own and you just go in and put your own stamp on it rather than have to take over an existing thing and be like actually in a few years I'll change this and then I'll change that so that sounds like the dream
1: yeah
0: and then did you have because I know I, I see on your social media that you have a clinical sort of lead as such as well as yourself so talk me through the structure of the business and what roles do you have that to me sound not, I don't want to say unconventional, but it's it's different and it's and it's exciting and it's new. Anything different to
1: the norm for me is exciting. So what's what's the structure of the business now? Um so initially I really struggled with the fact that I'm not a clinician and I had a couple of people that worked for me as associates and because I've been in dentistry for such a long time and I've been really lucky to work around some really good clinicians. I, and I pay a lot of attention and I'm really interested in dentistry and like, why would you use this protocol to bond this and not that? So I do pay a lot of attention. Um, And if I could see that something wasn't being done the right way, there's, I I fit into a box. So I can't say to a clinician, oh, actually, you should do it like this, or you shouldn't treat that case that way. Or I don't think that's in the best interest of the patient. um, Or let me show you how to do it. So I was kind of stuck a little bit. And that was, I guess, a weakness in being a practice owner and not being a a clinician. Mm -hmm. Um, So The other thing that I didn't want for the patients um, which I found created a lot of complaints in other practices was the um, continuity of care for the patient so they don't like it when they come in uh, especially if they're super nervous um, and they build a relationship with somebody that they really like and then suddenly they come to the next chapter and that dentist isn't there anymore and it's somebody else um, because it's a big step for them to get into the chair in the first place so that was a concern for me as well and with Albert I'd worked with him um, a few years ago, we worked in a practice together where he was um, an associate and I was his treatment coordinator. And we both had the kind of, the patient was at the forefront of everything that we did. Um, We worked really, really well together. Um, and we had a, you know, a great working relationship and everything just just kind of went really steady. And then when I left that practice and his treatment coordinator got replaced, obviously it wasn't me anymore, um, he really struggled so then he moved on as well and we kind of kept in touch. Um, he did a couple of post courses um, and I used to work on the courses so we kind of always kept in touch together. And I got to a point where I was looking for somebody to come into the practice to do implants. So I had a discussion with with him to come and do implants and that's how he got into the practice initially. And then we had a further discussion of, you know, I I really need some help clinically. Like there's a couple of things that I'm struggling with that I can't do myself because I can't overstep my line. Um, So how do you feel about that? And also the continuity of care for the patients and what you're doing now. And the discussion then just ended up that he would come into the practice as a partner. Um, and as the clinical director so that was probably a year into me having the business Um, and in terms of the way that that structure works for us i deal with everything non-clinical so i deal with i'm the treatment coordinator for all of the patients i manage the practice and all of the compliance and i manage all of the hr and so all the kind of nuts and bolts the basics of running a practice And then anything clinical. So the other clinicians that we have on the team, um, they are kind of overseen and directed by Albert. So he kind of does all the base level kind of new patients and then he'll just filter the work out as such um, so that we know that everything's kind of overseen and delivered in the way that we want it to be um, in the practice. So that's kind of how our structure works.
0: that's really interesting it's a very good structure because you have the you get the, it's almost like you get the best of both worlds you get the sort of the clinical as as you said it's a very delicate situation in in our industry to be able to sort of tell a clinician you, you can't do this or that in the nicest way possible but i think if it's coming from the role of a air quotes you know clinical director as such someone who's who's a dentist
1: as such it's it's different so that that's very clever yeah yeah I think that was my main concern is that I in in all of my years I would never overstep the line even though I think something it's like who am I to say anything so I wouldn't ever kind of yeah I just wouldn't go there with anybody and I, and, and that was a bit that I struggled with you No,
0: know, it's a delicate situation and you obviously want to maintain harmony in the team you don't want to necessarily disrupt it but I think it's it's how you manage situations that you get the same outcome then it's the right outcome but it's you don't hurt anyone's feelings as such. Yes. Um, I really wanted to ask you, what do you think in this structure that is um, very unique? Am I right in saying there aren't very many dental nurses who are
1: in practices? Um, yeah, I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think there are any that have done it the way that I've done it. I think it's it's more in other parts of the world I think that they kind of give shares to nurses and managers and things like that and that structure I'm aware has been around for a long time mm-hmm. um, and I think it's, it's a good way to work um but I think more recently I've seen a couple of people where they've been brought into the business as partners um maybe like one or two um but as far as I'm aware there isn't anyone that's, that's done what I've done as a nurse and then mm-hmm. actually started practice upon their own
0: yeah so we, we spoke about one of the challenges being sort of directing the clinical team as such the dentists and the associates that come to work for you and, and how you've gone about managing that but do you think what what are some of the challenges that you think are unique to you as, as a dental nurse rather than a as, as a clinician as a dentist
1: owning a practice? Um, so one of the main challenges for me is the respect um, and this is something that isn't just how I feel it's actually something that my whole team have witnessed and um Albert as well and they they do agree is that there is kind of number one is is being a female kind of owner is one part of it which it shouldn't be but it is and number two is that because I'm not a clinician um or I'm not a dentist or I've not got like letters after my name for some people that has been an issue where it's like well who are you to say this to me or I have um, an example I can give you is I had an associate that worked for me and there was a complaint from one of my patients and I dealt with it myself and when I had the discussion he just said to me yeah you know I totally get it and I know that you care because you're the manager and I'm like no I care because I set this practice up for this reason for it to run this way and Mm -hmm. this is the outcome for my patients so it's compromised everything that I set out to deliver Um, and it was just the whole kind of oh yeah you know you're just the manager and whatever whereas if it had been the dentist that had the conversation it would have been a completely different discussion and a completely different outcome. Um, I have also had issues where I've been kind of targeted personally um, by an ex-member of staff, um, actually not them themselves, but their partner, who is a male. Um, so kind of went to the lengths of writing on my Google page, which it was so horrendous that they actually took it down straight away and had to get the police involved. And I can tell you that in my 20 years of working in dental practices for male-owned practices, I have never, ever, ever come across any of the things that I've had to deal with um so yeah the, la- the lack of respect and that I do get treated differently is has been a big big challenge for me um and the thing is I'm open to you know I totally accept that you're always going to get criticism and things like that from some people and I think that if you're not open to doing that you're kind of not making enough noise or enough waves anyway so I totally accept that that just comes with you know the, t- the title and things like that but I just think it's really very clear um, as to why, and I think with with some staff as well, it's a bit like, oh well, she's just a nurse like me, um, so that it's kind of the, the how they perceive you um, is different. So that has been difficult. Um, I've never had an issue with a patient. Um, patients actually are very receptive to um the kind of non-dentist owned practice and they they really are interested in the story and they like it and they obviously see that things are different for them um so it's more from the other side that I've struggled
0: you're absolutely right unfortunately sometimes I I feel this sometimes being a young dentist as such when I've had nurses for example who've been older than me uh, and i've been in some very tricky situations where i've been undermined and unfortunately i think we do come across that but i think it takes a very thick skin um to deal with that and to to continue believing in yourself when you go through experiences like that um tell me how do you how do you deal with that how do you deal with all the stress how do you make sure that you're kept above that and you keep going because it's very easy to get disheartened when i mean as you rightly said, when you are making noise, when you are putting yourself out there, when you are doing things that are different, unfortunately, the feedback can be negative as well. You can be subject to criticism. I felt this when I started doing things that were a bit different on social media with my TikToks, for example. Now everybody loves them. But mm-hmm. when I first started, because it was new, because people didn't know what it was, I did get some feedback, some of which was was actually very negative. Um, and at the time, I, you know, we're all social creatures we don't like being told that something we're doing is not you know well received by others we like getting positive feedback we don't like getting negative feedback and even if that percentage is very little so even if 99.9% of the feedback you get is positive but 0.1% is negative that's the one that stays on your mind unfortunately mm-hmm. and that's something that i i'm working on to get better at having a thick skin to not let these things affect me to keep going despite of that but how do you deal with some of the some of these challenges that you go through because some of them can feel quite personal they can feel like Mm -hmm. a personal attack rather than this is your opinion of my job in a professional role
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree with you and and that that same feeling that you've had um yeah I've had it as well um so I guess from for somebody to kind of relate to it would be, and I'm sure at most points in, in people's careers as, as a clinician, that you have had a, a nurse along the line somewhere that has undermined you and um, I've seen it myself. And I think that that's the kind of feeling that I've had is that I've been undermined in my own practice. And I think, how is that allowed to happen? But you have to just rise above it. And at the time, it's really difficult. So I just take some time for myself. I kind of switch off a little bit. And then I just think, you know, actually, it's just a reflection of the other person and their behavior. So I have to just try and stick to that mindset of it's not me. I haven't done anything wrong. If there is something that I have done wrong, of course, I'll reflect and and take the learning from it. Um, I may just sit and reflect and think, you know, is there anything I could have done better? Um, But ultimately, I have to just stick to that kind of, you know, the mindset of, yeah, it's it's a reflection of them as a person um, and what's kind of triggered them to get to that place and what are they unhappy with in their own life that causes them to feel that they need to do that to somebody else. Um, so I think just sticking to that narrative for me is what what kind of works really. And also that not everybody's the same. So just because one person's done that to you doesn't mean that you should then carry it through and then just change how you work and treat everybody differently because and and that's really difficult to do because of course your defenses go up and you think oh my god you know all of my staff are going to do this or any new associate that i'm going to take on is going to do this today but actually no it's about kind of having the relationship and the trust and the, the open communication as well So communicate with everybody else as to what's happened um and just um yeah continue through it i guess and i think that as you go through those things they are a learning and I think that your your skin just gets thicker anyway because you, you're you kind of more resistant to them kind of brush them off a bit more and just think yeah it's it's not me it's it's them
0: it's very difficult to do <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a very yeah. <laughs> mature way of dealing with it but it's very difficult to do to to actually be reflective I think I almost sulk as you as you said you know you take a few days off you take some time off for yourself I yeah. almost sulk I have like a pity party for myself if something happens that yeah, it's not what I. But I
1: I think it's okay to do that though because I do the same. So I'll suddenly just be like, I'm really upset, and it feels like a personal attack, and oh my god, da da da, poor me, blah blah blah. And it's and it's okay to do that though. It's fine. It's just that don't just let it consume you. So I'll do it for maybe like a couple of days, and then I think, right, okay, forget it, back to it, move on, because otherwise you would just change who you are you would change your whole personality because you're trying to then be less of something for somebody else and and actually for me the people that do those things they don't even know me they don't even you know the same as you probably on social media they don't even know you it's like who even are they so they they only see what you show them and it's the same as when I was a manager, and I wasn't a practice owner. I would get people that would say comments to me because they didn't like it. That I'd had to be the one that sits and has a meeting with them, and, and so on. And mm. you know, just just all different kind of challenges that you come across in practice. But it's it's just it's just them as the person that you just think they they only get to see me at work, and I'm just doing my job. They don't know me underneath it, and they don't know me as a person. And and it's taken me a long time as a as a practice owner to be able to kind of let people in a bit because I think that I get more out of my team to have some kind of relationship with them as opposed to just being like oh you know I'm the boss and and this and the other and so that's taking me time and then obviously when something like that happens my defenses go up again so then I have to just take a step back but then as long as I'm kind of open in my communication with with the girls they kind of understand and they're like yeah totally get it like have your breathing space and then it's kind of reset again Um, so it's just it's all it's all a learning for me (laughs) Um, and I think yes it's horrible at the time but I just take it as it helps me to grow as a person
0: talk me through your social media because I always think that your social media is so polished and honestly it makes me really happy looking at it it makes all my ocd tendencies super happy when i look at it and everything you put out there i always think it's so so professional and i i know it's taken hours i know it's not something you snap and you post i know that this, there has been a lot of work that's gone behind gone on behind the scenes So talk me through how you do it, how you started doing it. Is it actually giving results in terms of bringing new patients or is it more of building a brand for the sake of building a brand?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, in a lot of other practices that I'd worked in, I'd kind of always been really interested in the social media. um, And then I'd worked for some clinicians where I had to kind of, you know, put them out there and make them look quite cool and, you know, promote them on, on social media. So it's not something that you know, I haven't done for a long time. Um, And everything that I do, I've kind of done my own research on it. Um, And I've taken my own time as in like, how do I edit this video? And how do I do this? And how do I do that? So I I do spend a lot of time and I do enjoy it because I'm quite artistic and I'm very creative. Um, And I wanted to use our platform as a way to create brand awareness. So for me, We don't really get many leads, if you want to call them that, from social media. And that was never my intention with it, um, because that's just not how I'd ever intended the practice to be. Um, So a lot of our leads come from other sources. um, But we do get a lot of recognition and interaction um, from people and a lot of following from our patients that are then loyal followers across our platform and I wanted to show who we are so my main thing personally and I'm not talking about dentistry but for me if I looked at let's say like a beauty clinic or a hair salon yes I want to see before and afters but I'm like who are you who's the team who's the person that's going to be looking after me who's going to be doing my hair who's going to be doing my botox or whatever and I wanted to show that I kind of tell a bit of a story behind it as well um, and also show the other side of it that then makes it just seem a little bit cooler. So it's not just clinical. And I do actually get a lot of direct messages for people that say, oh, my God, you're changing how I feel about the dentist or you make it seem like it's not scary because, yes, I post a lot of things where they do kind of implant surgery and they're gowned up and it can look a bit scary. But then I kind of try and make it a little bit cooler or I'll show like a bit a video where a patient's kind of got their thumb up saying they're okay. So they're kind of showing that they're checking on them. Um but the main difficulty with it is is capturing the content. And I really struggled with that in obviously the pandemic because um, you know, with all the protocols that were put in place, it was like I couldn't then just go into the surgery and start filming people with my camera. Um, so that was that was really difficult. So now I'll kind of go in when they're not doing an AGP. Um, and luckily, all of our patients are super receptive to it. So they see what we do on social media anyway. And I'm always like, I'll hide your face if you don't want to show your face. I kind of blur it out. Or they're like, no, I'm happy. Um, and then kind of a lot of the before and afters of the teeth and things like that. Um, and then the team hates me because I'm always just walking around the practice of my camera and they know what I'm going to say. Like, can I get a video or can I get a picture? Um, but they know that I edit them well, so everything kind of flatters them. Um, but it is it is challenging because it's kind of a full-time job in itself. And actually, recently on my social media, I've, I've stopped posting, um, and I'm talking about the, the business, the practice account, because I kind of fell out of love with it a little bit. So I kind of made a bit of a change at Christmas, and then I was like, oh, you know what, I don't like the theme, and I don't like this, and it was really irritating me. I'm not a designer and I don't claim to be and I just got a bit stuck and I just thought you know I need somebody to help me because I can do an Instagram account or a video or a PowerPoint presentation for anybody else all day long but when it's myself I'm just so critical Mm. and I was just getting completely bogged down in it so I just contacted uh, somebody that I know and I was like please can you just give me a color palette and like a concept so that I can put this blue with this because it's driving me insane and I don't know which color to pick and I don't know how to make it look good and so just a bit of a brand refresh and and I guess that the practice how it started to what it is now is completely different and we recently had a team kind of discussion about it and everyone kind of gave their ideas and their opinion on it and we all agreed that you know we needed to kind of up our game a bit and just show again the kind of work that we do because the kind of cases that we treat they're maybe not all on our social media so people might just think oh you know they only do like a bit of bonding and invisalign whereas albert treats very very kind of complex cases and it's about getting that out there but then in the right way so it's not scary for the patient so it's kind of taking that into consideration as well which is a difficult balance um So, yeah, it's a challenge. But then when I get a good response to it, then it's rewarding for me. So I enjoy it.
0: Definitely the challenge of social media when you're a perfectionist is that you get so bogged down in the nitty gritty yeah. details of it. I, I I become a completely different person when I'm editing podcast covers. So I'm always looking at the height of the heads and the sight and the overlap. I overthink everything. And then there comes a point where I have to consciously tell myself to stop because no one's going to notice that tiny little details. I mean, by, by all means have a standard, but being a perfectionist can sometimes stop you from getting your work out there. And, and sometimes I think I heard this on a podcast uh, a colleague was saying good enough is good enough sometimes definitely you just have to be you know very very conscious of when to stop because it can be a very very difficult and unproductive space to be in but i definitely noticed the change in your in your scheme over christmas and i remember the the wording and everything changed and i was like oh there's a brand refresh coming up i'm looking forward to this.
1: <laughs> Yeah, then I just kind of stopped with it. But I need to, uh, I'm just waiting for these kind of concepts through the next week. And then I think that I'll have then, I'll be like, right, I'm back on track. And I, I'm I'm kind of reset again with it because it's, for me, the thing that's changed is the, the education that people want now. So it's more than just posting some mm-hmm. pictures. I think now that social media has had a shift where you need to actually be, giving the the followers something back so you need to be able to educate them and i think that's what's missing but then i'm always so reluctant to hand something over to a brand manager because i just think it's not my it's not my voice it's not my pictures it's maybe not the way that i want things to be said um and they sometimes use stock images so personal decision for me that I never wanted to do that Um, and and our social media is kind of a a whole team effort as well so everyone you know we're very open in our practice so everyone kind of puts their ideas in everyone's super receptive to being filmed um, and I guess it's all about the way it's edited that makes it come across in the right way Um, and I always say to people but what they see on my Instagram story or like a reel that's like 15 seconds long if they could see the kind of hours of content that I filmed and then I'm like, that's not quite right or I need to change the lighting. Uh, so it, it looks easy, but it, it, but it's not. Um, and I get a lot of people just say, oh, how do you do it? And can you train me on a course? And I just think, I just don't have the time to commit to doing that. And then I'm not sure that I ever really want to anyway. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very long window over
0: and I you know how much work goes on behind the scenes so so hats off to you you're doing an incredible job and I always look forward to seeing your posts because they're so aesthetically pleasing and that's that's what Instagram is it's it's an aesthetically yeah. pleasing platform and you you need to make it a certain way because the content can be the same in terms of the information that's going Mm -hmm. in there but it it depends how you present that information so well done you're doing an incredible job thank you so much for being on the show today um Rachel I really really enjoyed it I know we've been meaning to do this for such a long time but thank you so much for joining me today I've really really enjoyed it thank you so much for having me
1: it's been an absolute pleasure
0: really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things. I know I certainly did. And as always, don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi I always love hearing your responses. And if you have any requests for future podcast episodes, please let me know there. I do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular. As always, there will be a new episode every week, so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode, and I can't wait to speak to you soon.